0: Hello everybody, and welcome back to an all new episode of Artsy uh, Fartsy uh, Immigrants. Let's just uh, take a second here. Let's just take a moment here. Uh, You saw the title of the podcast today. And it's a title that has a lot of importance to me. It has a lot of importance to what's going on in my life right now. Those uh, precious two words. Um, You know, those who have been fans or followers or just friends and family for a long time uh, will know that, you know, I spent most of my life trying just about as damn hard as I could um, to make some movement in my career as a musician. Um, since about the age of 15 or 16, it was pretty much just like like a blind faith that that's what needed to uh, happen. <clears throat> that this is what, you know, that's what needed to be the only way uh, forward. Uh, and, you know, and it, it kind of... <sighs> You know, it wavered a little bit here and there in college because I was also in film school. Um, also had this like deep uh, passion for filmmaking, for acting, particularly you know being on camera. Again, a funny thing too because I don't really have like that actor's face. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm more of like a Michael Gambon, uh, John Rhys Davies type. You know. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good opportunity there to be a, a very memorable character in something, but there's not like leading man material. And you know what? That's okay. It's good to know your place. It's good to know where you are. Um, uh, that's kind of off topic. But the, I mean, the point is, I just recently rewatched probably one of my all-time favorite movies, which is Sleepy Hollow. And there's something about 90s Johnny Depp that is just so jaw-droppingly beautiful. Um, and you think, oh, well, of course, you know, they wanted to do this that way and whatever, because they're they're paying for that phrase, you know? I watched a behind the scenes thing recently about the fugitive and uh, the production of Warner Brothers or whoever it was, was very upset uh, about Harrison Ford having a beard. Uh, and they ma- wanted to make sure that the script Led to a path where he cuts that off Because they were like you know what We're paying for that face And the same thing happened in Sleepy Hollow Where uh, Depp actually wanted to look a lot more His character Ichabod Crane In the famous um, folklore In the old stories um, Was a very ugly man Big nose, big goofy ears And and Depp wanted to wear prosthetics To look a a lot more like the real guy in 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 the story Or not the real guy But you know the one portrayed in the books And um Again, whoever it was, I don't know if it was Miramax or um, Paramount or Warner Brothers, where it's like, "Uh, no, thank you. Uh, If we're going to pay for Johnny Depp, we want people to know that it's Johnny Depp. And good call indeed, because my God, is he easy on the eyes. Um, So yeah, you know, that veered off course. But basically, I'm just saying music was like the main thing. And of course, in college, I had these, you know passions coming up doing improv and stuff like that and uh it's all threading back to this thing about the the title right so you have this core meaning those precious two words the two words i'm talking about are sold out um not to be confused with sellout um that's a very different thing. Don't think I'm quite there yet. <laughs> Although money does talk. So let's see what happens. But sold out um, is a phrase. These two words, these precious two words. It's a phrase I've hunted and worked towards. Um I mean, for most of my life, you know. I remember seeing, you know, we 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 would sell out this little local small town record store venue in my hometown top shelf. We would sell that out for sure. but I mean, you know, if you had two or three local acts that had enough enough friends who wanted to come see them and you'd put on a show, you'd put on one or two shows a month, you know, and just make like a routine fun Saturday night event. Um, the whole place, you know, was full at 50 people, 60 if you're really cramming people in so, Um, It wasn't, you know, horribly impossible, but it's not like we'd really put, you know, sold out and this big white sign on the door, like nobody can come in. This is it. Um, It's probably still trying, you know, I think that's just where the tickets stopped selling, even though it was already full. But if probably, if more people had come, probably that we would have just found a way to do it. Um, But I had a taste of it. I had a taste of this feeling of sold out back in high school at this uh, local venue I had that feeling I had that taste of like people wanting what you're offering this entertainment value and never again was I a part of an activity or an or a live event that held that same sort of capacity um and but, but I fought for it I mean I really wanted it I wanted it and I and I just didn't get it I mean I had uh I'm, I'm i'm getting to something positive here but i'm just basically trying to to set the set the picture here you know i had all these bands in college i had my i had a lot of projects at one time i had my my solo project so i had my folk acoustic singer songwriter just me with an acoustic guitar thing and then i had jordan prince band so that was like four or five of us definitely inspired by the shins wilco um maybe born ruffians a little bit a little more like sort of clean folky rock and then uh you had big lemois and big lemois was um a very experimental very uh, challenging band for me to be in i learned a lot it was with some of my best friends of all time really loved being a part of that um A lot of democratic decisions being made and um, a lot of innovation in terms of how I viewed how things should work. It was really cool and sometimes difficult, but in the end, that was kind of like important that it was difficult. You know, like in hindsight, you can say, oh, it was good that we fought about that because it came out like this. And that was, you know, this Radiohead inspired project um, that uh, I had all at the same time. And then I had galley nappers and galley nappers was this punk garage trash distorted thrashy rock heavily inspired um by Jack White and Wolf Mother and um a few other I'm trying to think of like a few other projects at the time that I was really, 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 really into. Maybe even a little Green Day. I don't know. But Green Day, for me, was something I stopped listening to a long time ago, but definitely influenced me a lot in my early years. And it was just this, like, trashy, heavy, you know, guitar-driven punk garage rock. So all of these projects. And, you know, I think Galley Nappers basically got started right around the time that this other band I had, Titanium Caterpillars, Tight Cats, which I prefer the name of Tight Cats, um was ending so you know one kind of traded for the other but at one point maybe it was like five different projects right four or five projects and with all of these bands there was different moments of potential moments of hype moments of gain moments of loss um others getting more gain than others like you know galley would get these cool opportunities but um was never really taking off i think we would have needed much more um hard work and much more determinism to really get that to a place where it felt that we could take off or get lucky. Uh, You know, a lot of these things are luck. And then you have, um, like, Big Limoire was a lot of talent. A lot of people, like, all of them way more talented than me. It was great to be a part of that because I could learn so much. Um, Wonderful music, interesting music, interesting live shows, um, But again, you know, you're just playing these venues that just never, you know, it's like, hey, look, we're going to play, you know, this venue, Gasa Gasa, on a Friday night. And you, you know, not even half the, you know, it's like 50, you know, 30, 30, 40 people would come. You know, it's just like that was the usual thing. New Orleans also, I have to remember, New Orleans is also like so musically full. It's like a completely packed out sub sandwich musically, you know, like. It's got every topping, it's got every flavor, it's got every sauce, it's packed. You know, you just don't need more, but there's always more. So it was always like someone always had something better to do. There was always some huge act, um, you know, around the time that we were trying to sell out a local venue, you would have people like Tame Impala and Father John Misty coming through town and selling out the the like the singer theater or the civic center or whatever jenny lewis would come out and you just there's just no chance i mean it's just you know of course you know all your friends people you know local people they they want to go see these these um you know big touring acts and that's normal and i didn't have jealousy with them or something but i'm just trying to paint the picture like you know you you have all these acts you have all these bands music is your main thing you're working a bit in um you know writing some original music for some projects some short films uh some things like that but you know in general your passion is still that this is this is the way right then you know then i moved to germany um and in those first couple years in germany i have a huge amount of traction um i have this novelty of being a foreigner um i do think that there is that skill of of you know of decent songwriting um, I think my voice got better as I got older But, you know, there was probably something that some people liked in those first few years um, I'm, And I'm always going to be overcritical of myself I mean, I have this record from a long time ago I mean, 10 years now, probably uh, The Deer Jump And that that album is, uh, you know, for me, unbearable just unbearable to listen to. And I have friends who really still love it. Um and I maybe it'd be kind of cool to do like a 10 year anniversary like you know remix like not remix but like for me to re-record some of these songs uh in my older voice and maybe see how they would come out with 10 years difference between them but um you know listening back to that old stuff is just impossible for me. I just I can't listen to it. Um so i am i feel very lucky and maybe i felt had, had these moments of like kind of charm and and, and and novelty and stuff in those first um first couple of years live, living in germany i yeah i got very lucky and and i was touring a lot you know i had like a manager and i was playing these major festivals and i really thought this is when it's gonna happen you know like 2017. Jordan in Germany, I thought this is it. I'm playing these major festivals, Reaperbahn Festival, you know, Wattenschlick, um, Stimmen Festival, Pulse, like all these big festivals. And this is it. Like I'm going I'm working on a new album. I'm doing a tour. Um, all of this is leading towards something really big. I'm I'm working on a huge album. I was like building this huge record called Twelve Songs for Twelve Friends. I was it was all leading towards this um big release concert, this album release concert, you know, in Munich, coincidentally at this same venue that I am about to be talking about, which all comes full circle. It's really interesting. five years, five years later. God, five years ago. That's really crazy. 19 20, five years ago. You know, everything in my whole life, I remember spe- I remember it so like it was yesterday leading up to this album release party. I made this amazing record. There's a whole story. I mean, I did, I did like, I did like nine episodes about that album. If you want to know the story behind that album, this podcast has it go back, you know, I don't know how many episodes ago, but you know, a few months ago. Um, and I did like eight episodes on it. I went through like the whole track song by the whole album song by song and told the whole story. Um, But it was a huge part of my life. It's my only tattoo referencing this album. And um, I thought for sure, like this, I did all these huge things. I had a booking agent, huge festivals. Now I'm about to do this album release party. I'm like a local name. I can sell out this venue. And even then, you know, five years ago, I just didn't do it. You know, it was my biggest accomplishment to that point. It felt like we sold it out. It felt like a good crowd, but it still just didn't. It just didn't get the traction that I wanted. Um, however, in the moment, I was very proud, of course, like I wasn't disappointed on the night of, I felt very lucky. I felt very lucky, very happy. And I played songs like James and my friend Vivi played with me and people sang along in the crowd and it was a wonderful experience. And, um, you know, I I ended up making like really great friendships from, from people who attended that concert, like our, our, our friend Moritz that I always talk about. Um, you know, he, that I had never really met him before. And, that was like the first time that he saw me on stage and it was really a special thing. And, um, you know, he and I have talked about that a lot, but it was, yeah, that would have been for me like a core moment to have that feeling, to have like, it's done, it's happened, it's, it's sold out. This is working. And still, however, it just didn't happen that way. And it continued to just not happen that way, you know, and and I have to forgive myself a little bit because it wasn't as if I worked exactly at the same speed, at the same strength, with the same effort all the way through up until today. And then it finally happens. Everything changed. That's something that I'm also like, I need to remember, I need to put that like into my mind and and keep that very clear. Like from like (laughs) from that concert on everything changed everything changed um you know it was (laughs) this album released and then in 2019 I I, I left the management because there was so many issues um I was working on a new EP that EP went out the window had a big falling out with one of the bandmates you know everything kind of fell silent 2019 I started this podcast as sort of like a balance to that whole thing um also played brighton if you don't know about it i played brighton once at this festival it's pretty cool (laughs) that's for the that's a deep cut for the for the real listeners out there um and then yeah 2020 of course pandemic so then it's like you know everything stopped no tour 2020 pandemic no no new shows i'm working on a new album 2021 new album comes out but you know what The traction from the previous festivals and the live show stopped, so it fell pretty flat. Not a lot of traction online for anything musically, anything that I'm doing. There's no tour. There's no release concert for this new album. Some radio play, but it pretty much just kind of like pitters out, putters out, whatever. And, uh, you know, it kind of, it hurt. And I remember thinking that that was kind of the moment where I realized like maybe this isn't the right thing like I love this and I enjoy doing it and it's it's important to me but maybe that's just not it but I didn't know what it was I didn't know what it is supposed to be like what is it because I'm not the kind of person that can just go and work in some business in some office and get some degree in something and I hate that about myself because I it probably would have been a lot easier for me if I had just been that guy who's like I'm gonna work in hospitality and go be a manager at a hotel or if I could just be the type of guy who's like, I love cooking, I'm gonna work in this restaurant and like become a sous chef at this thing. And oh, maybe I'll work towards having like a Michelin star or something. Like if I could just have one thing or a mechanic or an electrician or a technician or something, if I had just any kind of interest or passion or brain for that department of life at all, it would have been so much easier for me. But here I was this type of guy who is a creative person who has a, a pure like a, unadulterate, unadulterated <laughs> hatred for having a boss or someone that like tells me what I can't do and needing to be like fulfilled creatively, but I still can't like, but there's no exit for it. And then all of a sudden in the pandemic, I start making these videos. I mean, you know, you know how the story goes uh, from there. It's, 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 it's something I've talked about a lot. Making language videos as a hobby, you know, Getting American Sunday and stuff, becoming a freelancer through that, um, and then just by like chance and luck, um, I believe uh, people picked up on on my humor and, and enjoyed it, and you know now like it all happened in, in in just a year. It's really, really, really crazy. And to with all that being said, um, I feel like that went on a very long time. But with all that being said, like getting to the point now where the career path changed my intentions or like my my goals uh, and things changed uh to be in a position where i can like officially say you know it was it was so exciting there was um i don't know how many Like 150, I think, pre sale tickets. So, like, the reason I chose the Mila Club in the first place was I wanted to choose a venue. Maybe I'd talked about it already, but I wanted to choose something that's comfortable, that I'm familiar with, and uh, that also wasn't a huge amount of people. I knew that the Mila isn't a huge venue, and I wanted to play it because I knew in my heart that, like, this must be the time that it will sell out. Like, this will be the time and but I assumed it would take place over like six to eight weeks like I thought oh, okay well the show's January 13th so probably around like late December or something it'll be sold out and that would be such a fun announcement and then just to you know to know that within just three hours uh, the first 150 presale were gone maybe it was even maybe it was even faster than that but three hours is when I found out the first time like three hours is when someone said something in a message and I checked and it was sold out. Uh, and then I got to contact the venue and, he, and they were like, whoa, that's great. All the pre-sales sold. Fantastic. We didn't even put up posters. <laughs> you know, we didn't. I just put an Instagram uh, story up. And then, um, so I thought that the pre-sale was all of the tickets. I thought 150 people is all of the tickets. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. There's 70 more that are available like usually that you would hold for the door or wait for people to at the last minute and i said let's put them up or he was like let's just put them on the link so people can keep buying because I, i kept getting all these messages people were like what's going on why can't we buy tickets we put it up and i kid you not in 10 minutes in 10 mfing minutes the venue was really officially like totally capped out, sold out. 220 people, like boom. And now people are asking for a, a second date. I'm looking at dates with the venue. Um, and that's probably gonna sell out too, because there's a lot of people who still just couldn't get their ticket. And just imagine that. Imagine that. And now I'm in a place where I can do this dream that I always had about performing on a stage and touring this performance in different cities. And it's so funny to think about how I never imagined it would be with comedy, and I never imagined it would be in Germany. But somehow, through the miracle of, like, entropy and the laws of attraction, and, and yes, hard work, of course, I'm not completely neglecting my own efforts, There's a lot of luck and chance and stuff, but I do have to make the content. Um, Somehow throughout all of that, it's happened exactly this way. And it's really a beautiful thing that I am not taking for granted, um, that I am definitely not letting slide without acknowledgement. And if this all stops now, if, if, if finally after all these all these years of hard work if finally after all these years i sell out a rock venue in like you know together probably a couple of hours like just sold out if i can do that now and it stops like no more people want to see anything like the show goes bad or no one wants to see anything or it's just like over uh, at least i will have gotten here and trust me I'm worried every day that it will change or stop or fall through um or alter in some way every day every month that the numbers change in some way I always think well that was a good run because it feels so fragile to me it feels so fragile it's unbelievable I in this career that now has like surpassed my expectations Now being in a position can finally like I mean if you guys knew how many people are asking me to come to Berlin I mean like I can't fathom it and I know that I'm gonna sell out a venue at least at least the same size in Berlin and maybe even twice and for me that's so crazy to finally be in a place where I can do that and it still feels so fragile so my goal um, is to. G- try and build the best performance that I can. I've never done something that isn't just music. Of course I've talked a bit between songs, but this is different. This is stand up and it's storytelling and it's variety and you know it's my friend Josh gave me some good advice. He's um he's a content creator himself and a great musician from New Orleans. If you don't know his channel, have a great day. Um I took a lot of inspiration from him when I first got started making content because, I mean, he was my, you know, famous friend for, a, like, a couple of years there. He was the guy who had, like, a crazy following, and um, somehow we we sort of switched around where now, you know, we, we can kind of give each other advice on things, but we do very different content, and... um he gave me some good advice the other day when I told him that I'm nervous about this show because he does his own variety show, but he does more of like a very pure late night talk show. He sits behind a desk. He has like his own Andy Richter co-host guy working the computer, pulling up, you know, funny PowerPoints they made, playing live music, interviewing guests. It's very late night talk show. Uh, and I love that because that, that he's really good at that. Um, and my thing, I want to be more... It's hard to say, not like theater, but I want mine to be a bit more unpredictable from the audience's perspective. I want it to tell us, I'm basically, it's like a a play, you know, I want to go out, I want there to be stories that thread together, like a motif, and that songs can connect certain ideas, and Josh gave me some good advice that was like, you know, don't overthink it, just tell your story, like, just tell a story. I have a make the show a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you know, sometimes something that simple just doesn't cross your mind. Sometimes things that simple just don't just don't come to mind um, the way that you would think they would. And it just sna- it just like you know snapped something where I was like, oh yeah, I can just write. And then I thought, well, this will be great. Then I can, you know, come out. I can do an intro about this, talking about these things, where I'm from, what I used to look like as a teenager, my my stories. And then, you know, I can thread in some songs from 12 songs for 12 friends. Oh, this is, you know, this story gets a bit serious. Here's this song about it. Then it can go into something funny again, you know, and then connecting dots to, you know, my university experience, my love for film. Um, you know, coming to Ger, and then of course you know coming to Germany, uh, and my life changing, and and you know then of course you, that's just opening this door for all the humor that you know probably most of the people want to see things about the German accents and the culture and the language, and um, also being able to incorporate songs in into that from that dealt with real things like isolation or or depression and still threading it all back together and like there's this story to tell. And it's my story. And I'm in a position where I really need to make it perfect. And But to be fair, though, that's the wrong word to use, because um, I need to remind myself that there is no such thing as perfect. So I shouldn't strive for that. I should just strive for the best that it can be. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. So yeah, as of this recording, one performance at the Miller Club in Munich, January 13th. Completely top to bottom. Sold out. And probably going to add a second date. Going to try and negotiate the days with the club. I didn't like the ones they sent me. Because I prefer weekends, but I know that they have so many weekends locked out. Maybe it makes more sense to try a second date at a different venue. So we have to see. Um, and... I think we're going to go forward with the uh, socks merch. Um, it's just a very expensive investment for me, but it's probably the right time to just go for it. And let me think here. Yeah, I guess that's all I really wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, those two precious words, man. Sold out. Um, I'm grateful, and um, I really appreciate everybody who follows my content and shares it and you know who who you know I see these messages from strangers I don't always reply to everybody but you know you see messages people saying that you know the videos you know brighten their day they struggle with this or that or something and you know make make them laugh and that means a lot to me because I always admired the power of comedy uh, so very much. Um, I have, I watched a video the other day of Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig together at the Golden Globes a few years ago, or maybe the Oscars, but I think it was the Golden Globes. And they did this bit where they were announcing the 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 lead you know actor or actress for the films of that year. But the the bit was that they had definitely obviously not seen any of the movies but had to pretend that they had and it's so good it's so funny i don't know they'll say something like um and here's so and so from moonlight and then make a the bit will be like oh that all oh, that beautiful that that moonlight you know under that nice the pale moon and how bright the moon was indeed you know uh, the, and the light that it cast upon the people who are in the movie and the movie was, was good. It left a mark. And remember, and then the person, and that person's like, you get out of here. And they, they're just so genius. Um, and it just like, I was having such a slow day and I saw that and I laughed to tears, like literally laughed myself to tears, uh, and got the giggles and everything. And it was just like, oh, this is such a miracle that there's this thing in the world, like comedy. And, um, I'm happy just to even in a very small way to be to be a part of that world. And I hope this leads to being able to meet people that I admire and you know can work with and um yeah. So let's see. I think 2024 is going to be a good year. Um I think there's going to be some more live shows. I think there's going to be some big news coming with um entertainment for, regarding like things that I'm planning and working on right now. Um there's some very good news uh, all around, so Stay tuned, guys. Stick with me. Um, I love doing this podcast. It's still like my favorite thing. It's my most personal thing. It's my personal time uh, with all of you. And it's um, my personal time kind of with me and my own thoughts. Honestly, it's my, it's my slow time. It's my meditation. So um, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, as usual, guys, you know, if you, if, you, if you liked this, if you connected to something, or if you just want to spread the word, please, you know, you know the routine subscribe, like, share, comment, add a rating anywhere where you get your podcasts. It really helps people find the show. Just send it to a friend. You know, if they like my videos, you came across this, you enjoyed spending some time with me. Share it to a friend who you think might also like it. I have other episodes where I interview other content creators and it's a lot of fun. And sometimes episodes like this are just little therapy sessions for myself. So Um, I really appreciate it. You guys are the best. And uh, you mean a lot to me. And hopefully soon I'll be going live again on TikTok. Maybe I I won't do it for the podcast, but I'll do it just for funsies. And um, yeah, happy spooky season. I love Halloween. I wish I had the time to do a proper Halloween special this year. Um, But I guess actually this is the last one. Let me see. Yeah. This is the last episode before Halloween, everybody. Uh, so, yes, this weekend I'm out of town, and then I'm back, and then there's a little Halloween get-together next next week, so that's on Tuesday. Everybody, have a wonderful, safe, spooky Halloween, and all the, sending you, like, sincere, sincerely. <laughs> uh, I love you guys, and I really appreciate you being here with me. So uh, let's keep this family growing. Let's keep this party rolling. Have a wonderful week. Take care of yourself and bye-bye. Look baby, The saints are Man, it's all over now. Baby, Artsy-fartsy immigrants. Ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.